Hey everyone, it's Anthony. Before this interview begins, I just want to let you know I had some audio issues and the volume is really, really hot on the recording. So I'm coming in like hot garbage. So I uh, just want to let you know, please keep your volume low and then bring it up uh, to a level you feel comfortable with. We've now since fixed the problem. Those responsible have been fired. We found out that it was just me running things, so I have been rehired. And we hope you enjoy this interview with the wonderful, amazing TJ Mannix. Enjoy. If you're here for improv, go away. This is Comment and Improv with Anthony Francis. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Other Than Improv. I'm your host, Anthony Francis, and it's been a little while since I did an episode because I put them in the can and I released them over uh, each week, and then I didn't get to it. Now I'm back and I'm doing, I'm doing new episodes and I'm really excited about it. The hardest part about running a podcast, in case you're wondering, in case you're, you're thinking to yourself, Anthony, what's the hardest part about running a podcast? It's scheduling interviews. Uh, but I'm very excited today because I was able to schedule a great interview. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Uh, but I'll, I'll explain who we, who we have here in just a moment. I'm going to introduce him. He is an actor. He's been acting for 15 years. He must have started when he was five. He is an improviser. He's an actor. He's a member of the faculty at the Professional Conservatory of Musical Theater, the New York Film Academy, the Montclair Film Festival. The Ma- I'm not reading all of this, uh, but you know him from the Magnet Theater in New York if you're an improviser. You know him from his solo improvised musical called Limbo Land. Uh, which is where I fell in love with him and his work. But he and I are actually kindred spirits because we went to the same high school in Boca Raton, Florida. He's also the founder of the 11th annual New York Musical Improv Festival, which changed my life personally. But we're not going to talk about any of that because uh, we're not here to talk about improv, although we could. We could. The longest intro ever, ladies and gentlemen, TJ Mannix. Hey, TJ. Hello. How's it going? I am so glad you're here. You're um, a very good friend and a mentor. And um, my solo show is thanks to your solo show and thanks to your teaching. So uh, before we get started, I do just want to say that, uh, you know, you're uh, a huge influence to me. And I believe many people, not just in New York, but in South Florida now that you've become such a big part of the Palm Beach Improv Festival and the things here. But um, yeah, thanks for all that you do. Uh, that's, that's so great of you. I really appreciate that. I, I love that. That's what brought the two of us together because I, when I heard that I heard about the festival and I was like, wait a second, we went to the same high school. I have to call this guy cold call and just let him know I'm available if you need any help with anything. So that's kind of what brought us together. You know, I will never forget that phone call because before you called me, I had gotten another phone call from a very strange person who wanted to teach for me, who had no business teach, you know, those people who were like, Oh, a room full of people that'll listen to me. I got to get in on this. Anyway, uh, so when you called me, I was like, who is this guy? But I'm so glad. I'm so glad we connected, but yeah, that was great. You called me you're like, we went to the same high school. And I was like, what? And we did because our high school, Boca Raton high was, or East Boca high as it's now known because there's two. There's a West Boca High and an East Boca High. East Boca High was demolished in at the end of uh, 2000, and they built a whole new school. 
So you and I were the last students to go to the old Boca High. Oh. I was the last graduating class from there. And so the, and the school's from like the sixties, early sixties or something. Oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. the same classrooms you were and I was in kind of thing. So, yeah. And those same terrible hallways that would just flood at the slightest hint of rain. Yeah. Nothing yeah. No like irrigation. Thousands of people <laughs> trying to, trying to walk along like a one foot sidewalk that was dry. Yeah, it was, it, it was, it was time. And then I went and actually ended up going to the new Boca High to film something. And uh, I was amazed. I was like, oh, this is a completely different school. It's like, you know, it's built like every other school in, you know, the 21st century. So, um, so you're, uh, you are an improviser, but we're not going to talk about that today because yeah, we're not going to talk about that. No, but that's okay. And if you mention improv, that's fine. I have sometimes we do. I have guests who are like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I mentioned improv." No, we can mention it, but that's not what today's about. But we're going to talk about something that's close to it: um, acting and auditioning. Because you're just like a professional actor. A professional actor is a professional auditioner, and you know we audition. I guess for more shows than we get. Well, that's my experience. It's probably not your experience, but. What is it about um, auditioning that you would want to share when you when you hear about that? What's the first thing that kind of pops in your mind you want to share with people? Well, it's I mean, it's fascinating when you figure out after you've been at it for a while, you figure out what your type is. Uh, a lot of people know me as kind of like a teddy bear of a guy, but I get cast as a bad guy. So I've played kidnappers, crooked lawyers, egomaniacal ministers. Uh, I may have had four people locked in my basement on SVU. I mean, that's kind of my, my thing. Yeah, I can totally uh, see that. Yeah. No, 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 I can't. I really can't. <laughs> that's no, that's the kind of thing you get called in for. I'm also <laughs> tall, tall and uh, dark hair and people are super creative in terms of, uh, yeah, what they see when you walk in the room. But I started gaining some weight over the years and all of a sudden my type started changing. So instead of murderers, I was getting called in for like, overweight friend <laughs> oh and eventually uh i got called in for the mother of all fat guy roles uh santa claus at the radio city christmas spectacular at, at a radio city music hall radio uh, city music hall but yeah. that's but that's that's a great I, I honestly i personally love playing santa claus i have gotten to play santa claus a lot and it's one of my favorite things to do and um what, what, yeah. Okay. So you, so you were Santa. What, what was that? Well, no, I, I, I auditioned for Santa and I went in and, and they liked me, you know, they, they, they liked my energy. They liked what I did. And I had to come back the next day and I had a couple of sets of sides, a couple of scenes I had to read and they said, great, we'll start with Santa's two big songs. And I just remember thinking, what songs? And I went into panic mode and I checked my email and there's nothing about the songs. Like nobody sent me anything overnight to memorize so these two songs. Like okay. nothing from my agent or the casting director mentioned prepping these two songs overnight. And now you're at the audition I'm at and they're the like, audition. sing these songs. Yeah. Oh, and that's was, a nightmare. And so I was honest with them. I showed them the email and they called all the Santas around the piano and they played each song once. <laughs> oh, wow. As if they were, you know, just going over it with everybody. And I was on my own. And so uh, I basically, they let me go last and I sat with my ear to the door, like listening anytime anybody sang it. Oh, wow. Trying to memorize the melodies and get the lyrics down. And I was so screwed. <laughs> so I just went in and I sanded the hell out of it. You know, <laughs> and I, I ho-ho-hoed and talk-singed the parts I didn't know. And uh, three days later, my agent called and said, 
you are effing Santa Claus. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That so, what a, what a, like a survivor though, like to to show up at an audition and just piecemeal together what you can in those moments. Like, congrats. That's great. Well, that's, that's just a testament. Yeah. That's when you do your best because you just all you can do is go with your gut and go with what you know, and you're you're not worried so much about whether you're getting the words exactly right or whether you are going to be perfect. Instead, you're just saying, all right, I, I, I can go for the vibe of this guy, which is, you know, kind of me. Um, you, so, you are, you are, you, you have the kindness, you have the, you definitely have the Santa energy. Uh, that's, yeah. is that a I compliment? Have, it mean, I, I mean been, it to be. <laughs> I, I am, uh, I am ageless. Uh, I yes. occasionally shake like a bowl full of jelly. <laughs> And uh, people have told me I smell like cookies. And you're hot in reading glasses. <laughs> <laughs> well, so so we did this whole thing, and uh, it was super uh, uh, fancy and glamorous. You know, we uh, rehearsals were in an abandoned mall in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, where every small store was a different apartment or a rehearsal stage, and. You know, they sent me all over New York to give to I got measured for my Santa boots where they measured my feet in like 23 different places. So they were perfect. Oh, when, did you get the good Santa suit? Did you get like a high quality Santa suit? Oh, they measured me. They built it from scratch, measured for my Santa suit, my Santa hat, my Santa stirrup pants, and most importantly, my fat suit, because I was not fat enough to play Santa Claus. There you go. That's so, what you want to hear. And the fat suit was everything. It was this giant pod that you stepped into. And then you zipped it up the back and you were so fat that someone else had to put your boots on for you. And the wow. kids in the show would dive bomb me to bounce off of my, my Santa butt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's amazing. Yeah. And it was great, but it was, it was the biggest challenge because you had to, uh, you know, you play other roles and you know, I, I played Abraham Lincoln. I played other people who were alive, but Santa Claus, everybody knows who Santa Claus is and who is the, who, who he's supposed to be. So right. like get the essence of what that was, was like so much pressure. Like just even, it took me three weeks to get the ho, ho, ho down. Oh yeah. yeah. And you want to do a good job because it's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. You want to, yeah, it's childhood, you know, that, like there's a, there are, mm -hmm. there's a whole generation of kids who see you, you were their Santa Claus. Yeah. Like that's a massive, I, I, I was Santa at a, I've been Santa for a couple of company Christmas parties and <laughs> things like that. But one time I was asked to be Santa at a children's hospital oh. and that was, uh, that was surreal. Um, because so you know, pressure it's, and yeah, I don't, I didn't realize I was like, I think I was like 20. So, you know, I'm just thinking I'm having a good time. You go into these hospitals and you're like, oh my God, like these kids are sick and you know, they're not just in the hospital, you know, for, for checkups, they're in the hospital. But anyway, um, but, but yeah, it's, it's such a like, so, so, so you did that. Did you keep this agent? What did you uh, say to this agent? Yeah. Yeah. I still, I, I still, I said, yes. Um, but uh, I, I mean, you, you talk, okay. You talk about that pressure of being Santa, not only to nail it, but, um, uh, Santa also got to fly. So at intermission, I had to take off the whole suit and then put on this like leather and metal, uh, uh, contraption 
where you literally had to like pull in certain parts of your body so they weren't snipped off when they lifted you. And um, you, you, you had to put this harness on and it was a uh, flying by Foy, who are the people that did like Peter Pan and stuff. Okay. So the moment where you had to, you were singing a song and then they lifted you 50 feet in the air and you kept singing and they flew you over the audience and you held on to the hand of this kid who was five years old and neurotic and couldn't keep himself upright. So, so you're, you're, you're actually singing while you're flying through the air, which you was, were flying through the air, flying. 50 feet in the air. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. Did it, were you terrified or were you? Uh, uh, I was more terrified the first time I did it where they, they just put the harness on over a pair of jeans and I wasn't, not everything was packaged where it should be. That, sure, sure. That was painful. Uh, oh but, um, but we would. Uh, you got some practice runs though. Then, yeah, they basically, yeah. they put you in it the first time and. They lift you like a couple inches off the ground and then they say, all right, shake my hand. And then when you lean forward, you fall over and they say, all right, here's your first test. Get yourself right back up. And that's right. everybody has to do that. It's a rite of passage. You have to. So you're lying there flailing and they're like, all right, get up, get up. And you have to figure out how to move your body so that if you ever do fall over, you can get back up. That's like great training. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So and this was. Um, uh, tell me again where the, what, what this was for. So this was for the Radio City Christmas Spectacular. That's a right. show that's been running at at Radio City for for decades. And at Radio City, they actually do this show eight times a day with two different casts. Oh, so we had uh, we had two casts. It's a lot of flight time. Yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, and we did this, uh, uh, and it definitely, I mean, it had the most amazing opening. Like for for any actor, for to making making an entrance, you came on in this massive sleigh pulled by eighteen rockets who are wearing reindeer antlers and fishnet stockings. Rockets, rockets. Please tell me about rockets. the rock. I've met a rocket. Rockets are epic and magic, and they are precision dancers and Olympic athletes rolled in one. They are poised, they are grateful, and they're poised and graceful, and every single one of them is, like, engaged, like, within days of becoming a rockette. It's just mandatory. <laughs> and they, do, um, they each do, like, four shows a day, incredible precision, artistry, and strength, and they have massage therapists and trainers on call for them, and, you know, hot and cold ice, you know, ice baths, and, like... They really, wow, they're like an NFL team. They are, and they are clearly the stars. You know, at, at Christmas time, uh, they brought in this big box, and every one of the Rockettes got uh, the first ever Kindle, like when it came out. Like it was a big, big deal. And uh, wow. Santa got an inflatable travel pillow. <laughs> wow. And it tells you where where the hierarchy was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're that's... like, you're, you're just Santa Claus. You're not a Rockette. Yeah, you're almost an extra at this yeah. point because, yeah. well, I mean, just the work that they do and they're, you know, they're, oh, they're, they're out there. Oh, I can't say enough about them. And they're all also because they have to be able to do such precision work where it's not about them. It's about making sure that every one of them is perfect and that they do it exactly the same way. They're also just really kind and down to earth and really, really every one of them was just cool and lovely and humble, even though they were all absolute badasses. 
Yeah, and they're all tall, right? Are they tall? Yeah, I don't know they if they because within they're all within like two and a half inches of each other. Right. Yeah, they all have to be like the same size because of the yeah. look and the thing. That's the one my wife always wanted to be a rockette. She she knows she dances and uh, does tap and and jazz and uh, did ballet and I didn't you know, know that. Oh, you didn't know that, Marissa? I did, did not know that, Marissa? She still does it. She still does tap and jazz. Is she, she taps every Thursday night. You? Is she doing it behind you in the office she, right now? She's currently tap dancing right now. Wow. Yep. There she goes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm a fake tapper. Uh, I have tapped. I have tap danced through many uh, an improv scene, and someone actually offered me a gig once where I would tap dance in a musical, and I was like, "Ah, that's great," but I don't. I don't tap dance, and they were like, "Yes, you do." I was like, "No, I, I, I don't actually," and they were like, you, "I have tap danced with you on stage," and I was like, "I totally faked it. I have no idea what I'm." You're doing. like, I've just watched a lot of tap dance. Like, you and Marissa have to do a tap dance number now, uh, where you know she does real tap and you just kind of fake it. I think that'd be hilarious. Next we'll festival, can figure out who the real one is. Yes, who actually knows how to tap? But yeah, that's great. Well, you have suspenders on too a lot, so I think that yeah, that you just know, kind of. You you don't know what strong suspenders are until you put those suspenders on for your Santa Claus pants. You're oh being pulled God. from both ends. You got the suspenders, and then you have stirrup pants so that you're like tied in, so nothing's yep. going to come out of the boots. By the way, those boots were heavenly. Like I've never had a pair of shoes fit so perfectly. Um, That's and then, amazing. And then you have a bib that goes on over your pod, your fat pod that has four different things. You have two different microphones, one over each ear, so it's redundant. So if one goes out, the other one still works. And then you have two IFB receivers so that you can actually hear the music in the moment. Right, for your monitor. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so, so you're, you're wired so up, you're strapped you're in. You're wired up, you're strapped in. You come in and you, uh, you, you, know, you do that whole number in the sleigh where you're trying to stand there, very Pirates of Penzance, where you're standing with your knee up and they're bringing you out on stage and you can't fall over. You have to look strong. Right, <laughs> right. And then when you finish at the end of that number, they, they roll you off and they keep dancing. You had to run, run downstairs, like three flights of stairs in your fat suit, run through the bowels of the theater, come up in the lobby so that you could reappear in the back of the house ready to sing. Oh my gosh! Like oh, to sh yeah, to yeah. To, so you entered from the back, you know, with so that they were like, "How did he get from there to there?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you. And then the thing is, once you appeared, you were Santa Claus. So when you got there in the back, people that were arriving late, their kids would come up and like, you're you're you know trying to remember your lines and your cues and you're trying to be get things done. But as soon as you walked outside, you had to be Santa Claus and you had to like be there for the kid. It was this weird. This amazing yeah. like sense of responsibility that you couldn't just be like, get away, kid. I'm about to make my entrance. <laughs> right, right. That's yeah. incredible. That's yeah, that's it's not just a it's oh, wow, you really had to do it all. You had to be a performer, a, a singer, an actor, a stunt man. It's everything. And it's, it's a fraternity. It's it's a responsibility. You know, if you're a Santa, if you're a Santa, you know the responsibility. Now do you guys get together? Is there a secret handshake? Is there a, an organization? Uh, it's it's kind of like the American Legion. We all get together and drink in the dark. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. What, um, oh, I had a question about Radio City Music Hall. What was it yeah. like to be on that stage? 
Uh, well, because it's a I complex think, stage in terms of technicality, is. like like, like the hydraulics. I think were like guarded secrets by the government or something, because yeah. or the government used the well, they have the hydraulic five, technology or something to. They have five uh, rotating stages, uh, that 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 come down and that like they they literally have five different stages. Uh, I actually had the chance to perform back in God, oof, long time ago. Uh, but I performed a private show there with Liza Minnelli and the Rockettes. And I was oh, wow. blown away by the whole experience. Of course, those Rockettes, by the time I played Santa Claus, those Rockettes had probably given birth to new Rockettes. Um, <laughs> well, they were all engaged when you met, when you met them. Yeah. So, so and that the, the show that they do at Radio City, I mean, they sell it out 5,000 seats eight times a day. And they also, there are two touring companies and the touring companies, there's only like seven theaters in the whole country that are big enough to fit the set, you know, cause you have this mountain at the end with all the animals and the nativity and, you know, you travel with donkeys and sheep and all this stuff. Oh my um, God. yeah, my roommates. And, um, <laughs> and then you would, uh, and then there's a giant, uh, New York city tour bus. That's part of a huge rockette number and y y it's, it's full sized. So you need a stage that is deep enough and big enough and high enough to fit it. So, uh, we, we called ourselves Durbo. We performed in Durham at the, the Deepak, this giant theater. And then in Boston, one, uh, two of the only theaters that were big enough. So, wow. uh, so yeah, I started in South Carolina for rehearsals and then we went to Durham and then we ended up in Boston. That's incredible. So you traveled with this show. This was, yeah. did you, you must've ended up being in pretty good shape by the time this thing was over. Uh, physically, mentally, physically, <laughs> <laughs> all the, yeah. Wire work. I mean, your abs, the, the core work <laughs> I'd imagine. Yeah. yeah that's, that's a whole, that's a whole three minutes. You know, that three minute workout when you go to the yeah, gym. Yeah. Wow. It really works. I, um, <laughs> I'm just honestly, I'm blown away that you got, you know, suspended by a wire 50 feet in the air. I can't even get on my roof. I can't, I tried to get on my roof to get a Frisbee and I was like, I got to come down. My wife was like, are you okay? I'm like, nope, I got to come down. <laughs> I mean, it's a one story house. I'm, I, I just don't do well with heights. I need to work on it. But, uh, oh. so that's just incredible to me. Um, we didn't even get, unfortunately, uh, we didn't even get to Mamma Mia. You performed that, uh, you know, let's talk just briefly about, um, your briefly, uh, I want to know more about Mamma Mia. Well, that's, that's another type thing. There, there happens to be a role in Mamma Mia that I'm right for. So over a period of three years, I did Mamma Mia four different times in four different states. So wow. I, I, I had, yeah, I, I, uh, and it's quite an experience. Uh, as in fact, I was on a, a call last night with the dads and dynamos from my very first cast. The six of us are still really good friends four years later because we, uh, you know, you, yeah, it's a lot of work. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But, you went through but, a thing together. You went but through the it. Ensemble in that cast is insane. Like they're singing and dancing like 30 songs in a row. So right. The ensemble, all of which are 12, you know, they, they have their own tribe. And then the six of you kind of have no choice, but to become, family because you have the same schedule and you are always working together and you share a dressing room and 
you know, most of us have all of our scenes together. Uh, right, right. There's a connection, de yeah. Depending on what we're doing, uh, we also, we end up having to dance full out at the same level as the, you know, 23-year-old professional dancers do. So, you know, there's big <laughs> numbers. There's a big number uh, uh, called voulez-vous at the end of the first act uh, that turns into a bit of a nightmare for Sophie, for the, for the daughter. And we're all having to do this massive choreography and keep up with the kids. So, yeah, that was always fun. <laughs> wow. And no matter what we do it, whatever, you know, each show has different choreography. And so we always knew we had at least we had one number at least that we had to work so hard on in order to keep up with the rest of the uh keep up with the rest of the the the, the cast. You were in Blank the musical as well. Oh yeah. Uh that was phenomenal. That was the uh it was a great experience. That was my first mention in the New York times. That was really cool. Um, yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it came out of a group of people from second city and, uh, uh, we did a 90 minute long fully improvised musical with full improvised choreography. Uh, uh, it, when you say full improvised choreography, like what? we, like we had that we had a huge set we were performing uh at uh new world stages in in manhattan in new york city which is where right now like jersey boys and avenue q and all these shows were performing um and uh we th the thing about blank is that we had an app where audience members i had to go out and i did like a 30 minute thing with the audience this 30 minute monologue mm -hmm. uh teaching the audience about improv, but then also getting them to, they would throw out suggestions for titles and then we'd put them into the app and then they would press for the, the title they wanted on their phones. So they would vote and then we would see what the title was and then names of songs and uh, choreography, like they would name the choreography and then we would have to improvise choreography on the spot and then remember it 90 minutes later and perform it like in a finale. Oh my um, gosh. They would write lines of dialogue and, and then get, be named like a playwright and we would interview them and, uh, and that line of dialogue would come back at a pivotal moment in the night. Um, we, wow. Uh, audience members had to they, they, we, you know, we jokingly said, you know, you've never met this cast before because it's the first time they're ever doing the show. So we've assigned your favorite actor. <laughs> and then they, they would do this race where they would like press somebody's headshot on their phone. And then whoever got the most presses and whoever got the least, whoever got the least became the choreographer of the show. And like, it was, oh, it was, wow. just, it was super complicated. But then we, uh, then the cast did a, a 90 minute musical complete with like, a full overture where we would improvise three songs and then those songs had to come back and had to be incorporated into, into the show. And you had to remember the lyrics and the music. And that's such a great exercise for, for us, for improvisers. But yeah. uh, you know, uh, so, so how did this, I guess, musical compared to the other musicals that you've done that were scripted, uh, you know, what were the similarities and what were the, were the differences, I guess, did it run the same? Did it feel Su the same? Super specific skill set because in order to be in the show, you needed to have like an encyclopedic knowledge of musical theater 
uh, because you needed to know when the band, you know, and there's three people in the band that were improvising all the music as well. So if they started playing in a certain way, you needed to know, wait, is that Sondheim or is that Andrew Lloyd Webber or is that kind of William Finn? Is it going to be like New York City? So you can play the genre. Yeah. Is it going to be, uh, you know, golden age where, you know, the characters are going to be super earnest and a little folksy, you know? So the, the way that things were played determined things with the characters and you to improvise 90 minutes was a lot (laughs) and you just relied on each other and trusted each other and you supported the heck out of each other and uh but you can hold down 45 minutes by yourself so i'm not concerned (laughs) i mean you 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 do 45 minutes all by yourself uh with the help of james russian of course but but still yeah and that but that's also that's the culmination of 25 years of improvising and 30 years of musical theater i mean it's basically my putting together the perfect show for me and uh you know and i i prefer to i don't think everything needs to be laugh out loud funny i love it if you can earn something honest and, and like a little gut punch maybe you know i love when you can find sincerity in it you find the honesty in it because i believe in truth and comedy um and it's just super fun for people to see uh an old out of shape guy running back and forth between chairs to portray multiple characters at the same time um so that's inherently funny um that's very funny funny slash pathetic and uh (laughs) no yeah but i i and and i love the fact that I have to figure out what's happening within the music director's head and, you know, and I've done it with, with, uh, with, with drummers and, uh, uh, percussionists. And I've even done it with two pianists at the same time at the Palm beach improv festival. Oh, what a, what a dream yeah, come true with Mike Dakota and James Russian playing at the same oh, time. That was, just, yeah. I never, I never expected that to happen. I never in my wildest dreams. And, and I'm such a, I'm such an improv nerd and I'm literally surrounded by people who I consider to be, I'm, I'm the biggest fan of the people I'm around. And just to see that was like the ultimate mashup experience. You know, it was like getting to see, I don't know, like Batman and Iron Man work together, you know, it's just like, just cross universe, no, no copyright infringement. Just look at these two guys working together. It was great. Um, well, Well, uh, they were were the two guys that built it for that really helped build it because, uh, I, the first time I did it, uh, outside of New York was at the North Carolina comedy arts festival. And, uh, uh, and I hadn't met James. That's how we met. And then we became uh, collaborating partners. So, and then the next year, James couldn't be there. And I worked with Mike Dakota and my, and had one of the best shows I'd ever had. So to have both of them playing at the same time was just uh, epic and incredible to have two phenomenal musicians having my back like that was just so fun. And I remember that show so fondly because of the character development in it. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like watching two shows too, you know, watching you just watching you is great watching you, the, you know, your characters and the way that you perform, you're, you're so deliberate and you're so pur- purposeful in the way that you do your improv. You have kind of a, um, um, uh, I, I'm going to say like a, like a, a Nichols and May kind of 
like oh my god that's the best compliment like well when i what i mean is like comparatively you know like you're like it's so it's so confident and purposeful it's clean you know like like um and so that's that that cleanness to it um so but and then watching watching james and um mike just like communicate with each other through eye contact and 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 sound that was amazing so anyway well look what we've done we've we've did what we said we wouldn't do we talked about improv um well i i want to say thank you so much i will say it thank you so much for being on and for telling us about this and this experience um you can find mr tj mannix at uh the new york musical improv festival when it returns yes. uh, the once this whole thing is over you know the thing you know the thing we're talking about but uh check him out uh n y m i f new york musical improv festival.com for more information is there any anywhere else you'd like people to find you uh, any other if they want to check out limbo land they can just check out limbo land on youtube uh and one word limbo land limbo, limbo land yeah, it's like limbo going under a pole, land. Well, that's what happens when you fall. <laughs> TJ, thank you so much for being here. It is a real pleasure to have you. Oh, and, my uh, pleasure. Absolutely. And everybody should uh, make sure that you follow everything that's happening with Improv U and their rock stars and keeping, uh, keeping the flag flying high for Improv in South Florida. Well, thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Goodbye. If you're here for improv, go away. This is Other Than Improv with